A confused customer uh, stood in front of what he thought was a cash register. No. It was actually just an unused computer. No. Other customers assumed he knew what we, he was doing. Stop. 15 minutes later, there was a line snaking all around the department, <laughs> according to a former employee of the store. Here's the best part. Um, when the guy who figured out he wasn't actually in a line realized I'm not in a line, he moved to what he thought was another line. Okay? Yes. Then the next guy behind him moved on. That guy moved on. It's like a little snake. It turns out they had gotten to the end of their own line. Oh, no. So it's just them circling around the store. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you made it, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Confessions, Confessions of, of a shopaholic. shopaholic. And if you hear anything on any of our podcasts that make you want to yeah, reach out and talk about something, maybe we got something wrong or you want to continue a conversation that we had, easy. At Romcom Rewind on Instagram, Sarah responds to literally all of your DMs as well. We have a lot of um, other things on there, like we're prepping right now for our Hallmark episode on our Instagram and you are helping out with that. So at Romcom Rewind, that's Instagram, TikTok, Romcom Rewind at gmail.com is our email. And we have an Instagram DM. Yes, from Jane. She says, just some suggestions I'm sure you already have. Uh, the Vow, Bad Moms, Bad Moms Christmas. Just go with it. The Breakup, Hall Pass, Sex Tape. I'm sure you have a giant list. Just <laughs> she, she just added to it with like I six. love it. Thank you. She says, just want you to know, I just started listening after finding you on TikTok. And oh. it's safe to say I'm obsessed. I love listening while cooking, cleaning, driving, sleeping. Don't ever stop. Have a great holiday season. Like during everything. We're happy to be your everything companions. Yes, thank you so much. Cooking, yeah, cleaning. Did you see sleeping? No, driving. Oh, oh driving. <laughs> well, like, that would be weird if you put us on while you're asleep. Well, I don't know I if, that's, mean, if that's a review or not. It would be fine. <laughs> I mean, we're going to take those downloads. That's uh, <laughs> uh, Confessions of a Shopaholic is a 2009 romantic comedy based on the Shopaholic series of novels by Sophie Kinsella. This is the story of Becky Bloomwood, played by Isla Fisher. She's a shopping addict in New York City. Becky works for a gardening magazine that, after it folds, she is stuck searching for a new journalism gig, all the while her massive credit card debt piles up. Now, after attempting to secure a job at fashion magazine Alette, Becky agrees to a role instead at Successful Saving, an ironically budget-conscious magazine fiscally responsible. She meets editor uh, Luke Brandon, played by Hugh Dancy, and her world kind of turns upside down from there. What are your thoughts on Confessions of a Shopaholic? When I was seven, most of my friends stopped believing in magic. That's when I first started. They were beautiful. They were happy. They didn't even need any money. They had magic cards. Rebecca Bloomwood, dress, Zach Posen, belt, Todd Oldham Vintage, bag, Gucci. Um, it's a fun watch. I have always been meaning to read the books, but then um, 
doing further research for this movie. There are 10 books. That is a large commitment. Um, But it's a really fun movie. I love Isla Fisher in this movie. I think this was one of the first movies that I saw where she, um, you know, was the main lead and I got introduced to her um, as an actress. But she she's really fun in this movie, although it does give me like a slight anxiety of her credit card bills. Oh, um, my God. Right. Her shopping habits. Um, Like I do. I personally love to shop. I not to that extent, but it does like make me go, oh, my God, I should probably purge. Maybe I should have a sample sale. You should. (laughs) I totally I am so for this. I know. I think every relationship needs to have the the person who spends and then the other person who's like, but we're like constantly (laughs) trying to get rid of the stuff that we've we've spent money on. Um, And that's the duality of the situation right here. I I suppose it is. Yes. But no, it's a fun watch for sure. I really I really liked it. I liked Hugh Dancy in it. I think he was really good. I think um, I wish he'd be in more. Kind of like James Marsden, you know, they're the B kind of, they're in the B category. And I wish, you know, we could see them in more leads. The writing was fun. I mean, it is based on a novel. So it's, uh, it was good fun. Outside of the podcast, Sarah and I talked about this and you're referencing it a little Mm. bit. We talked about actors who just like, they might star in one or two things here or there, but you see their face and you're like, ah, it's that guy. Yeah, you don't remember his name or you remember one of their name, like first or last name. Yeah, there are a few consistent traits with mm-hmm. them. They are fairly attractive, but not like yeah, over totally. the top attractive. They mm-hmm. they tend to be just like your generic uh, good looking white dude, you know, because like Matthew McConaughey yeah. has, an, has an iconic look like that's Matthew McConaughey. James yep. Marsden, Hugh Dancy, Robbie Amell. You could put him in a line and I'd be like, shit. <laughs> Oh my they god. They're the same essence. Which, you know? Yeah, there's like, like a generic vibe, but, but it, they're good looking though. Yeah. And what I was telling Devin was that um there's like almost categories of and I'm I'm gonna go with men just just because it's um this is what came to mind when I was talking thinking about Hugh Dancy and, and in this movie. There's like the the made for TV or Lifetime or Hallmark movie men, um, the hunks of Hallmark as they call them. Yeah. They don't go too far outside of their of their um area. So like they all continue to do made for TV television. <laughs> right. Then we have the Hugh Dancy's, like you mentioned, the the Robbie Amell's, the um Sam Claflin, the, maybe. Yes, yes, yeah. the James Marsdens. And they're like in the B B, B plus categories, you know, they're not like iconic. They're not, you know, the lead like Matthew McConaughey and like, like have busted out large. No, that sounded awful. Wow. <laughs> no. What are they busting out, Sarah? <laughs> Jesus. No. no. Um, <laughs> Was that right when you mentioned Matthew McConaughey? Excuse me? Yes. Just so we're clear. Yes. Okay. Maybe a little on the nose, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> no, but like, but like they all stay within their category or they're like, they're, they're rating, you know? Oh, yeah. And then, sure. <laughs> and then we have like, you know, the Miles Tellers, the, and, and every now and then, like the Matt Damons, the Matthew McConaughey's, like they're the ones that if you get them in a rom-com, you're like, damn, we did really, really well because like this is going to be like an A-plus rom-com. Yeah. And like the James Marsdens, like they will star in a yes. thing, but then they'll also like you'll forget about them and then you'll see them on like Westworld like, in his yeah. case. And you're like, oh, yeah, Shit, that, guy. that he's guy. He's really attractive. He's attractive and I know him from a thing. And then you're watching 27 Dresses and you're like, shit, that guy, I just saw him on a series on HBO. Frig, what was his name? <laughs> he's just like, but they're good actors. Yeah. And Hugh, Dance, Hugh Dancy is solid in this. So so my thoughts are this movie is solid. Yes. Isla Fisher is fantastic. 
fantastic. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. I know, me too. She's, she's like so cutesy in this movie. She almost makes the upper echelon for me, I'll be honest. Oh. She's very close. Wow, you, and, just, the, you and the redheads, I think. She just That's doesn't do is. enough. Well, okay, first of all, if you're in Definitely Maybe... And she is yes. the, God, that's she a is. fantastic movie. Yeah, you love it. So already she has my heart. Um, Hugh Dancy, yeah, solid, buttoned up, serious, uh, to a fault kind of love interest. Comes out of his shell. This movie's fun. It's easy. At times it's cringe in a funny way. Um, and sometimes it's cringe just in general. But like yes. you see where they were trying to go with it. Like mm-hmm. I understand the jokes we're trying to hit. However, I will say this film, parts of it, Enter the, it's just a magical rom-com world and it doesn't need to make sense. Okay. And that bothers me sometimes. Mm. Like, and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. <laughs> like her writing a letter to a <laughs> magazine and then all of a sudden he's like, and you got a job. And then and she can't figure out a story to write and she goes to this flash sale and her boss is texting her. And then she comes home and she just writes this magnificent article. And he's like, all right, this is amazing. And it's just like one of those things where like a lot of things fall into place. Yeah. And it's, it's explained right. away as like, it's just a magical rom-com. Well, and, and these things just happen. And one thing too I noticed, and again, I, I've never worked in the fashion world, so I don't know if this is true or not. But like, she's like, I have an interview at at Alette magazine, she shows up and the receptionist says, oh, sorry, it was filled yesterday. Well, like, but I have an interview time. Like she had an interview time. Would you not honor that time to interview her? And then she's like, and then, then the receptionist was like, oh yeah, by the way, successful savings having interviews today though. And then like, she just goes and he there. gives her a visitor card. Yeah. Like just go on up there now. Yeah. It's just funny how that, that was the case. Let's dive in. Rebecca is a spender, but it's because in her childhood, her mother was a saver and she still is, but such a saver where all the other kids were getting really cool things and Rebecca was stuck getting the reasonably priced or on sale things. So Rebecca has 12 credit cards and they're basically all maxed out because whenever she shops, she has to like put $20 on one, 30 on the other, 50 on one, and then cash. And she is a journalist. Like you mentioned, she works at a garden magazine and she wants to work for the fashion magazine. So like we quickly mentioned, um, she has an interview at Alette magazine, but then ends up going to successful saving magazine. Um, and she thinks, you know what, I just need to get my foot in the door and, um, then I'll be able to get to the fashion magazine, which is where I want to be. She bombs the interview though, because she literally has no financial sense since she is a spender. And the interview gets off to a, a bad start. She had actually met Luke Brandon previously. He paid for this green scarf. Ah, Hi. We met. We did. Thank you. Sick aunt. Yes. Scarf. Yep. So much. Did you get it to her? I did. And when a stranger is kind like that, it's just, wow. It's lovely. Um, do you have a resume for me? I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> so she shows up to the interview with the green scarf. She tries to throw it away. Somebody brings it into him. It was like, have you ever had a really, really bad interview? Well, yes. So I have. And we did talk about it on one of the podcast episodes where like my mom made me dress up for oh. a camp counseling job. And I wore like black dress pants and a, and a button down white top. And then they made me sing um, or tell a joke, uh, like a campfire song or sing. And yeah, it was awful. And then they made fun of me for what I wore. <laughs> well, it's a camp job. So like, I know. presumably everybody else mm-hmm. showed up with hoodies. Um, Yeah, like, like jeans and t-shirts and I was there fully dressed out with he- like little heeled kitten heels oh yeah it was awful like I was so embarrassed and 
yeah, people made fun of me. So Sarah, we know you are the beacon of <laughs> justice on this podcast. Oh my God. Sarah has the strongest moral compass. Have you ever lied on no. a resume? No, I have not. But I know people, really? I know people who have, and it's like grinded my gears so badly because I'm just like, that is not right to lie on your resume. <laughs> Listen to you. Oh my God. But like, You're but like no, no, no. It's things like they're schooling. <laughs> They're schooling. Judge Sarah's here. Oh my God. It is not right, everybody. To lie on a resume? How dare you? No, no, no. You You can lie about little things. Sure. Whatever. Okay. So Becky lies about uh, knowing Finnish as a language. (laughs) (laughs) Which like. That's pretty bad. (laughs) Which is so absurd. And I love. I'm going to talk about it later. Okay. Um, But I did love that part in in the movie. (laughs) I have for you most absurd lies told on a resume. This is from the website Workopolis. Okay. (laughs) And it's all framed as like applicant claim to blah, blah, blah. So uh, this person, uh, applicant claimed to be the assistant to the prime minister of a foreign country. Wow. A foreign country that does not actually have a prime minister. (laughs) Okay, wait, so, like, what do they have? A president or, I don't know, like, chancellor or something? Oh, my God. Regardless, like, that. okay, like, do some research Uh, first. Like, seriously. Assistant to the prime minister of Russia. And you're like, Vladimir Putin's the president. Are you... Okay, that's really bad. That's bad. Uh, Applicant claimed to be, uh, to have been an Olympic medalist. Oh, no. Which is something you can Google. Like, yes, that's very easily accessible knowledge. Like, oh, I was the oh, bronze bad. medalist at the 100 meter sprint. Like, oh, the An year Olympic medalist. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's really bad. Do we know what sport? No, it didn't okay. say what sport, unfortunately. I think there was something that happened with like Selling Sunset, like the TV show, too, where like the, the girl Emma on it um, had said that she did the Olympic trials and then all these journalists were trying to like do some deep digging. And then she's like, no, like I qualified for it. So she didn't actually like go to it anyway. It was really awkward. Oh my God. But she like told this guy who she like was. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Applicant claimed to have been a construction supervisor. Okay. The interviewer, after a few questions, learned that the bulk of this experience was in the completion of a doghouse. Oh no. Years prior. Not quite a construction supervisor, unfortunately. That's awful. That's like calling yourself an artist when when you work at Subway. Yeah, that's exactly what... Sandwich artiste. No. I'm an artist of sandwiches. (laughs) Uh, applicant claimed to have uh, 25 years of experience at the age of 32. Oh, no. Strange. <laughs> You've been serving since you were seven years old. <laughs> that's wow. bad. That's, <laughs> that's bad. Applicant. Uh, oh, this one's great. Applicant applied to a position with a company who had just terminated him. He oh. he listed the company under previous employment and indicated on his resume that he had quit. What an idiot. Oh, that he would had quit. What an idiot. Yeah, I know. Like, you can just ask the manager, like, hey, did you, did you employ that guy? Hey, like, yeah, I fired that idiot. How did that go? <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? I also, I feel like I know somebody who got fired but said that they quit. Oh, a lot of people get fired yeah. and say they quit, yeah. but they don't reapply to the same No, 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 definitely afterwards. not, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, that's a... 
That's a problem. Uh, last one. Applicant applied twice for the same position. Provided different work <laughs> history, though, on each application. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Which you is know, amazing. That's so bad. You're lying about all that work history, for oh my sure. Oh, God. Yeah. How did... I'm sure they didn't even realize that they did both. Like, that they applied twice. But, like, you're... So, what? You're just, like, updating your work history all the time? <laughs> I don't understand. Or Strange. you find stuff and you, like, copy and paste it. I feel like there's lots of plagiarism Probably. There. Yes, yes. Anyway, so Becky bombs the interview. She doesn't know Finnish, although that was apparently on her resume. Yes. Um, and she goes home. Yeah, she does. And then she gets home and finds out that um, it's the time of the month where the credit card bills come in. And the credit card bill fiasco. So they, her and her best friend, Suze, go through all of her credit card bills while drinking um, tequila or shooting tequila. And uh, she owes around like $16,000 on all of her credit cards, which is like... A lot. Um, It's stressful. And she just lost her job. So I'll remind you of that. (laughs) Um, And so she decides since they're drunk because they were drinking tequila, she writes two letters, one to the um, one to Luke, who is the editor of Successful Savings and tells him to go and get new clothes because he dresses terribly. And one to Alette magazine saying how she wants to work there and gives some metaphors and whatnot of shoes. And she sends them off. And the next morning, um, she realized she gets a call from Luke saying that he really liked his her letter and that um, she wants her to come back in and try out a job, a little trial to see how she does. She then realizes that he got the wrong letter. The letters were mixed up. She runs to the fashion magazine to try and stop the letter. And she does get it in a very creative way um, and ends up going to work, though, uh, for the financial magazine because she's got to get that foot in the door. She takes the job. Yeah. So her new boss, Luke, he wants her to write about uh, finances, but in a way that people can understand. That's why he hired her. Um, says that, you know, the the letter that she wrote to him was really, really well done in like layman's terms and um, the general public could really understand it. So that's kind of what he wants more of. Um, says he wants an outline by 3 p.m. that day. But then as she's walking, because she's like super like pumped, she's like, yeah, I can do this. She gets hit in the face with a flyer of, of a sample sale and goes there instead. This is my best scene is the sample sale. No way. Yes. Okay, I've got something for the sample sale, but you keep when going. When I think of this movie, I think of her insane addiction to shopping, but this scene specifically. Really? When she's fighting with that woman over Gucci shoes, I'm like, I don't ever want to go shopping in a place on Black Friday. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my God, I don't want to be there. I will shop online for Black Friday, but I can't do it if that's kind of what it's going to be. It's just so much. But yeah, her fighting over the Gucci shoes and like saying like why she needed those one pair of gloves because it's cold out and she has hands. She justifies <laughs> everything in such a wild way. I know. And her like line throughout the movie is so creative. It's hilarious. Oh, like my my great aunt Matilda fell from a <laughs> skydiving accident and died. Like, oh, you used that one last week. Like, it's just so, so funny. But this scene specifically was absolutely hilarious. Like when she, when the girl opens the door and was like, come this way, there's another entrance. And they're like, yeah. Oh, it it's just madness. Chaos. And I loved it. It is very, I mean, we are releasing this episode as of our recording. It's right before Black Friday. Correct. Which is a, <laughs> this does give us some, some flashbacks of Black Friday. I have for you, Holiday shopping horror stories. Oh, I love this. Yes. Okay. Most of like the, from Reddit, most of them told from the point of view of employees. Mm, yes. I've worked the holiday rush. 
the first one is called the line that isn't actually a line. Oh, yeah. I can already like I'm like cringing. Okay. A confused customer uh, stood in front of what he thought was a cash register. No. It was actually just an unused computer. No. Other customers assumed he knew what we, he was doing. Stop. 15 minutes later, there was a line snaking all around the department. <laughs> According to a former employee of the store. Here's the best part. Um, when the guy who figured out he wasn't actually in a line realized I'm not in a line, he moved to what he thought was another line. Okay. Yes. Then the next guy behind him moved on. That guy moved on. It's like a little snake. It turns out they had gotten to the end of their own line. Oh, no, so it's just them circling around the store. Everybody moved ahead. No. They moved on to the back of their own line oh. and it just <laughs> circled. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that's like the best thing I've heard all week. Oh. Um, I also have been one of, not to lead it, but I have stood in a line where somebody's been standing in and there's not actually a line. It's I, happened to me. I feel like that happens at amusement parks too. Like you, you think you're in a line and you're just like, oh, this gate's not open. So what are we all doing here? Yes. Are we just, yeah, we're standing. Yeah. And then you, you like you do eventually get to realize that the line isn't moving and you wonder why. And like it's happened to me, I think, around also Christmas time or maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. But I just feel like I've stood in a line where it's not actually a line. Oh, airports. I feel like that's happened at airports. Oh, you yeah. get into a line and it's actually not moving. You're mm, just standing. That's a yes. I, that is a really good one. Uh, next story uh, is titled Dude Fights in His Underwear. <laughs> So, um, oh, no. and th this does happen at Black Friday. Like some people, uh, people get into um, altercations of a physical nature. This Best Buy employee said that he witnessed two grown men wrestling on the floor over some Best Buy vouchers. It was uh, especially unsettling as one of them <laughs> was wearing nothing but his underwear. That's no, so weird. Somebody had to pull out a fire extinguisher and had to spray them down. All of this occurred like ahead of the holidays. So like picture naked dude, not naked dude fighting over a Best Buy voucher. There's Christmas carols just jingling <laughs> in the background. Somebody's got a fire extinguisher blowing them down. Hilarious. <laughs> That is so weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Like, that is so weird. <laughs> I know. I didn't want to glaze over it. Like there was a naked dude in this like, story. That is weird. Or at least like, like I can just like hopefully it was a good pair of underwear, you know? Yeah. Like hopefully it wasn't some whitey tighties or some like, yeah. you know, like, like they were newer. Isn't it tighty whiteies? Did what you did say, say? whitey tighties? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That feels worse. I don't know why. I can't place it, but it's definitely worse. <laughs> Tiny whiteies. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I don't know why I said whitey tighties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't stop laughing. Oh my god. Um <clears throat> Oh, this one's great. So this person says it was an hour before a mall was scheduled to close on Christmas Eve. Okay. So we know, you know, to set the scene, it's pandemonium, last minute choppers. Mm -hmm. uh, violence erupted at a kid's clothing store between two angry customers, one of whom pulled out a gun. Oh, my God. The police were called and the mall store uh, were put on lockdown. But many of the customers were just pissed 
that they couldn't continue shopping. <laughs> <laughs> they got to get shit done, okay? Like, apparently the police were like, all right, guys, you got to... And this woman's like, I just need to finish this transaction. <laughs> oh, no. Because think about it, it's Christmas Eve. Like, yes. this is your last possible opportunity. You have shit to wrap when you get home. <laughs> yeah, the, the mall's closing? No, 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 no. I, I, I need my well, maybe, whatever I'm purchasing. Maybe that will make them think better next year to go earlier. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Judge Sarah's back. Your sentence for no, being in a mall I think that's on Christmas Eve. It's shopping earlier this year. That's all I got. Let's keep going. That's hilarious. I loved all of those. Okay. So Rebecca's first article does get finished and is published in Successful Savings Magazine. Her pen name is The Girl in the Green Scarf. She doesn't want her, her name to be used because she wants it to be used for Alette Magazine. Um, everyone is loving it. And then we meet Derek Smith. And so we kind of get a little bit of a background story when um, Suze and uh, Rebecca are kind of in their apartment. But Derek Smith is a, a debt collector, and um, he has been after Rebecca for months about one of her credit card bills, which is over $9,000. And he finds out where she works and starts calling there. Rebecca quickly tells everybody another lie that it's an ex-boyfriend who's been stalking her posing as a debt collector, which like is kind of half true, but like not really, because he is stalking her as a debt collector, but just the ex-boyfriend part. <laughs> So Rebecca does get out of that situation. Um, they block all calls from Derek Smith. And um, a few days later, Luke asks Rebecca to go to a conference in Miami with him. And at the conference, she, he is introducing Rebecca to everybody around. She is an absolute hit. Everyone loves her and can't get enough of her and her article, The Girl in the Green Scarf. Including this Finnish guy from Nokia, yes. um, who Luke Brandon <laughs> introduces her to. He starts speaking Finnish she just slaps him because she doesn't know what to do. Yain. Yain. <laughs> He's really funny. I can't even translate that. Long time. Yanis? She doesn't speak it. She doesn't speak Finnish because she lied on her resume, everybody. Oh and Sarah's going to judge you. Yeah, don't lie on your resume. If you lie on your resume. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody does it except for you. You, well... I lie on my resume. Do you? Well... No. You just embellish the truth a little bit. You can embellish, but it's not a lie. <laughs> Are you excellently proficient in Excel? Like, I'm not, but I put I'm very proficient in it. Oh, for sure. Proficient in Excel is the number one. Yeah, like I might add a very in front of it. Am I? No. Of course Have not. I been in the predicament of needing to use Excel? Google is beside me, you know? And That's, a yeah. <laughs> a key thing about this trip to Miami is that there's a little bit of a, a kindling Yes. Of love between Luke and Becky. They have a few moments. He buys her like a fan. They dance. Oh my God. This dance scene was also almost my best scene because she peacocks around him. Yeah. Like it's, this is awkward, but hilarious. It's, it's hard to make Isla Fisher unattractive, <laughs> but like I was they a, do like, a really uh, good job. I don't, I don't know guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, good for Luke for just going with it. And like, Isla Fisher's character in this movie is very much like she is her own person and she's totally good with it. Um, also, while in Miami, Rebecca takes Luke shopping because she realizes like you do not dress well, you need to dress better. So at first she thinks, you know, he knows nothing about fashion. And then he he all of a sudden starts speaking, which Rebecca calls it Prada. 
she's like, I didn't know you could speak Prada. And he does admit that, you know what, I, I do know how to dress well, but I don't, I don't because I don't want to be defined by my clothings or labels or family. It turns out that his mother is very famous. Is a famous New York socialite. Yeah. What is it? Socialite. <laughs> socialite. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I had a little spice on that too. That's weird. I had a problem pronouncing things Spicy. the last couple episodes. Yeah, story of my life. <laughs> so Luke and Rebecca go out for drinks and yes, they go dancing. It's hilarious. And yeah, um, when they get back though, Rebecca does find out that Luke is actually going out for drinks with Alicia. She works at the fashion magazine and Yes, she ahead. doesn't just work at Alette. She was the one they hired for the position that Becky was trying to get. Yes. And now she's also trying to get Luke Brandon, who Becky is. Uh, we don't know how she feels, but clearly there's a little bit of love going on there. But it's classic rom-com move. The yeah. love starts to bubble and then they just give you something to divert you. Like, oh, he just he likes the so-and-so. He likes Alicia. But you still kind of get the vibe that he doesn't. Like, he's not sold on Alicia. Oh, he absolutely doesn't like Alicia. But from Becky's point of view, she's yes. like, ugh, don't talk to me about Luke Brandon anymore, <laughs> is what she tells Suze when she yes. gets back to America. Yeah. So um, when she gets back to the U.S., uh, no, she was always in the U.S. Oh, Miami's still in the U.S. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, hold on. When she gets back to New York. They, they teed it up like Miami was such like a faraway place that for some reason in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're like in Cuba. No, they're just in Florida. <laughs> not quite not quite as interesting so sue's uh her best friend does find out though that um rebecca never purged any clothing so at the very front of the movie um sue says you know what you got to get rid of stuff just because you have too much and you your credit card bills are way too crazy so rebecca agrees but she never actually got rid of anything um she makes rebecca also go to shopaholics anonymous Rebecca does go, but she ends up talking about shopping in a way that makes everyone else there want to go shopping as well. She then convinces herself that she needs a new bag and she runs home, leaving Shopaholics Anonymous and goes in the freezer, gets her credit card that's frozen in ice and breaks it open so that she can go and get her new bag. And this is all for her to go to a ball at work. She somehow, at the ball, ruins her jacket that she wore on top of a black and white dress. She then lands um, in a waitress role because she's wearing pretty much exactly the same dress um, as all of the other waitresses. Then she makes a disaster and tosses her tray of food everywhere that she's carrying out for a table. Um, and then Luke nicely and kindly picks up the tray and helps her out because that's how he put his way through college. Um, they end up kissing at the end of the night on a rooftop. This is their first kiss. <laughs> this is their first kiss. Luke Brandon has a great, um, I don't want to say gravitas. He has this charm and confidence and charisma. And I was going to say calm. He's a calming effect. Like in this movie, Rebecca's character is very chaotic and he is the calming. That's a very good observation, Sarah. You know, like I completely he, agree. Yeah, like he he's like um like a spa. So Derek Smith, the debt collector, has come to her workplace as he has um coined the phrase uh a personal contact, I believe. Um and Rebecca and Derek end up in the same elevator. She calls him from her phone to see if it's actually him and his phone rings. He picks it up. She immediately hangs up. Um, but then he has redial. So he calls it back. But earlier on in the movie, Rebecca had made the uh, ringtone for his number as don't answer this. Don't answer this. It's Derek Smith. 
So he knows that it's her. She gets off at a different a different floor and runs up to successful savings, says, oh, my God, blah, 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 gets him escorted out um, by security. So he's pissed. And then she finds out that she's actually going to go on a talk show on Good Morning America. So many things happening. So many things with are Rebecca happening. right yes, now. She's yes. being. Uh, I know. I'm trying to like get through them like all because they're all like big pieces to the movie because they're all intertwined. Like Derek Smith has left the building literally, and he's now pissed at her. So we know he's going to do something to get her back. Well, and yes, and he's he's trying to collect the debt. Yes. And meanwhile, he's she, doing his job. <laughs> meanwhile, her team is like, "Hey, you're you're going on television today," and she's like, "Oh my god, what am I going to wear? What am I going to blah blah blah?" And uh, she goes and and buys another dress. Right? She does with a let from a let magazine um, on. on the morning show it's time for the audience questions and guess who's in the audience Derek Smith yes he's there to get her back and he lists all of the reasons why she couldn't pay her bill on live television yeah she, he publicly shames her also the truth said Luke Brandon's there so he knows oh my god she's been lying about who she is she has all this debt she lied to me it's just a total unraveling. It is of completely. Rebecca. Yes. And I mean, you know what? She handles it quite well on live television. It's not like she's bawling. I mean, I would have been absolutely mortified. And Luke asks her why she shops. And and this was after, you know, he realizes, oh my God, like she she's a problem. And she says, The world gets better when I do, and then it doesn't. And then I have to do it again. And Comes, she does complain to him about, you know, um, wanting to take the job at Successful Savings to get to a let. And I think it's a big blow to Luke because he saw potential in her and she just wanted it as a stepping stone and not for the right reasons. Not even to pay off her credit card bill. She just wanted to work at the fashion magazine. <laughs> so Luke decides to to leave Successful Saving magazine. Um, he's actually been offered uh, to start up his own magazine within the same company. But he realizes after, you know, talking to Rebecca and and having, you know, some deep conversations there that he needs to step on his own, have his own kind of startup business. He needs that in his life. And so he um, does start his own company. And um, and then Rebecca's living with her parents. Uh, her parents are actually even willing to sell their their RV that they just bought with all their money. But she doesn't let them, which I think is really good. Um, and Guess who shows up to offer her a job at Alette magazine, but Alette. You may not know this, but your appearance on that TV show has struck a nerve with many, many girls. She also dec- declines that. They actually want her to write a column on affordable fashion. When they kind of dive deeper into that conversation, Alette goes, yeah, like even these. And she's like, no, like those are like $5,000 shoes. Like that's not... That's not affordable fashion for every day. And she declines the opportunity to work at that at the magazine. Rebecca still has the credit card bills looming over her. So she decides to come up with an idea. Um, and I think, you know, probably her family and friends helped her out. But she's going to have a sample sale. The sample sales that bring her in to buy more. She's going to have one to raise money. Um to, to be able to pay off her, her bills. And it's a wildly successful uh, endeavor. She makes all the money she needs to to pay off her bills. Somebody as well purchases that famous green scarf that she became money. that she became known for as a writer. And who do we discover was the purchaser? Luke. It was Luke Brandon. It was an anonymous, like, we, we didn't know who purchased it. And then mm-hmm. he reveals that it, it was him. And then we wrap up everything with a nice little bow. She pays Derek Smith in uh, coins, like pennies, we're assuming. I love it. Um, she I know meets... somebody that did that. 
not really? not to a debt collector, but to um, uh, yes, actually, this is a really funny story. Um, our high school used to have dress down days, and it was two dollars. And um, as a joke, because uh, your school was uniforms. yes, uniforms. Yeah. Um, yes, so on dress down days, it was two dollars, so you paid two dollars, and. I don't know, somebody decided that they were going to have their whole class um, pay their $2 in pennies. And... Um, Which is absurd. The student got suspended. <laughs> because, I mean... Because they wouldn't accept the... I think it's legal tender, so really. Yeah, but the spirit of a dress-down day is what? I'm assuming all of that goes to charity, I'm thinking. Uh... I don't know, actually. Who? It's a high school. Who could it have gone I would assume, to? I would Are you hope, kidding? I would hope is that it went. Is this some bad teacher no, shit? No, no, Cameron <laughs> Diaz is pocketing all this money. Like, I would hope they that gotta it went. give that to something or like the music That's program. That's a good question. I, don't I, don't, know. I think it went to like programs in the school. Yeah, I'm okay. assuming. Yeah, it just feels like the spirit of intent is there in a goodwill he, way, and this yes. kid's like, oh, I'm gonna pay in pennies. So they got. I believe they got suspended, and then they had to spend like the next few lunches. I thought it was genius, personally. Um, but they had to spend the next few uh, lunches, lunch periods and free periods, uh, rolling pennies. Amazing. Yeah. The pennies that they got the class to bring. Yes. Yeah, yeah. naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, Luke Brandon bought the scarf, so they meet up on a street in New York. They kiss. Oh, and the wedding happens. Mm -hmm. Suze gets married. Becky does make it for the wedding. And um, all is well. And, and Becky ends up being a columnist for yes. the new magazine that... Luke has launched yeah. under his own name. And that's it. That's Confessions of a Shopaholic. It is. Quick facts. Quick facts. This film is actually based on the first two books of the Shopaholic series by Sophie Kinsella, a pen name of Madeline Wickham. The two books being The Secret Dream World of a Shopaholic and Shopaholic Abroad. In the U.S., the novels were published under the names Confession of a Shopaholic, from which this film uh, gets its title from, and Shopaholic Takes Manhattan. There are 10 books in the series total, and despite this movie being a moderate financial success, no sequel plans uh, have been uh, ever announced. Uh, and the novel actually is set in London. However, the movie was changed uh, to New York City to connect with an American audience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. What was that? An American audience. Following the success of Sex in the City, New York City has been seen or was seen as a selling point to female audiences. I think I'm going to leave it in. No, don't. <laughs> don't, because if you do a TikTok, I'm going to get roasted. That's so mean. Rebecca in the novels is described as a brunette with green eyes, and Suze, uh, her best friend, is a blonde. Neither Isla Fisher nor Kristen Ritter fit this description, but were accepted anyway based on uh, solely the strength of their performance. In the book, Rebecca Bloomwood wishes she was someone really cool like Kristen Scott Thomas, who also stars in the film. Isla Fisher researched her role by visiting some overspend under earner groups, uh, people whose lives have essentially become unmanageable because of their compulsive shopping. Dude, that's so awkward. No, that's crazy. Like she just walks in on this group and they're like, I'm so-and-so and I have a problem with blah, blah, blah. And they're like, who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm researching you guys. Yeah. For a movie. That would be <laughs> Continue, really, please. It would be really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear about how, how horrible your life has gone. Yeah. This is great stuff. <laughs> Isla Fisher is 14 years younger than Joan Cusack. 
Reese Witherspoon, Jessica Alba, Jessica Beale, Anne Hathaway, Amy Adams, Emily Blunt, Kirsten Dunst, Katie Holmes, Amanda Bynes, Rachel McAdams, Lindsay Lohan. They were all considered for the role of Rebecca Bloomwood. Um, Reese Witherspoon reportedly turned it down because she thought it was too similar to her role in Legally Blonde. I was about to say, and Anne Hathaway, was this before or after Devil Wears Prada? Mm. I think it. this is, no, this was after okay. Devil Wears Prada. So she couldn't do another like similar high fashion yeah. rom-com. Several of the costumes in the movie were provided from the personal collection of French couture designer Gilles Montezin. Isla Fisher wore five-inch stilettos during filming. The Finnish man that meets Rebecca at the cocktail party doesn't have his Finnish subtitled, but what he says was, Hi, so nice to meet another Finn in here. Ever since I've been in America before Rebecca cuts him off by slapping him. (laughs) A shopaholic is not a medical nor a technical term. The proper definition is... Oniomania, the technical term for the compulsive desire to shop. This was Jerry Buckheimer's first full-fledged romantic comedy production. All of his other productions were primarily action-adventure-based. This is his sixth production to have a female lead after Cat People in 1982, Flashdance in 1983, Dangerous Minds in 1995, Coyote Ugly in 2000, and Veronica Guerin in 2003. Ah, the... Everlasting story, cat people. <laughs> I've literally never heard of it. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I'm sorry if it's a big deal, but... Yeah. Ed Helms was originally cast as Derek Smith, but uh, scheduling conflicts prevented him from taking the role. Instead, he got the smaller part of Garrett E. Barton, which he went uncredited for. He shot all of his scenes in one day. The filming took place in New York, Connecticut, Florida between the months of February and May. And it's been rumored that since the movie came out in the middle of the great recession, uh, the ending was changed in reshoots to make the main character more sympathetic and to show more sensitivity to the current financial times. At the end, Rebecca Bloomwood pays off her entire debt in coins, saying that she was doing it in the most inconvenient way possible. In real life, Derek Smith could have refused to accept it. While coins are legal tender within the Federal Reserve System, no law requires a merchant or anyone else to accept them. However, if he had refused payment, the debt would legally be considered paid off. Wow. I didn't know that. I that is no fascinating because we've heard stories of people going to the bank and like being mm-hmm. upset and stuff. And they're like, here it is in nickels. And what happens in those situations? Yeah. That's what happens. He <laughs> could say no. And then the debt is absolved. <laughs> John Lithgow actually turned down the role of Edgar West twice before finally accepting it. Fred Armisen was approached for the West role after Lithgow initially turned it down. But after Lithgow changed his mind, the Ryan Koenig, the Ryan Koenig role was written for Fred Armisen. The Websters, a family of neighbors and close friends of Rebecca Bloomwood's family in the novels, weren't featured in the movie adaptation. In addition to several other historic buildings in New York City, Confessions of a Shopaholic was actually uh, shot in the fabulous Hearst Tower on 57th Street and 8th Avenue. That's where the Cosmopolitan's offices are. Mm. Honorable mentions. Okay, so I have two honorable mentions. Okay. Um, Suze, her best friend. She is the MVP for being so wonderfully nice to her. Uh, to Rebecca and so helpful. Uh, She's a great best friend ripping up the rent check because she knows her friend just lost her job and doesn't have enough money to pay, but also knows that she has a shopping problem and like kind of allows her to do it. You know, like she doesn't like fault her for, for things Um, goes to amazingly large lengths to keep and to help Rebecca avoid the debt collector um, and is seriously forgiving and lovely. She is great. She is. My honorable mention is, the talking and moving mannequins. 
they actually kind of freaked me out at first. <laughs> I, I've never watched this film, so it, oh, really? it, that struck me. I'm like, whoa, that was uh, the green scarf one specifically, oh, yes. where it starts talking to her. It's like <laughs> it's like her Becky's inner monologue mm-hmm. that the mannequin is saying back to her, like rationalizing all of these wild. Um, purchases but it was really like i i found it was a clever way to physically show mm-hmm. her like like addiction to shopping i don't know what like the mannequins moving and looking at her yeah her desire to like or like her pull and a need to shop absolutely i thought it was unique and clever i really mm-hmm. liked it um i also have one more honorable mention yeah um her obsession with finland <laughs> yeah it's like throughout the entire like (laughs) yeah throughout the entire movie like it comes up multiple times like it 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 is full circle it starts at the very beginning of the movie and it like makes it way all the way to the end like because there are random lies they say to Derek smith that somebody's like oh like my aunt matilda went to she had a rock climbing accident in finland and somebody does bring it up it's i think Suze is like why are so many of your things regarding (laughs) finland it like they do throw in a joke there because it does come up a lot it does and like even Suze's boyfriend makes a comment about it and like it's got to come up at some point where it's going to bite you in the ass and it does but even like she ends up learning Finnish like she ends up learning the language in the end of the movie like it's just so funny what a what a interesting little joke to run throughout the entire movie oh. I, I really did like that great what should have been I don't have any what should have been oh actually you know what this can be a game okay should this have been two movies or or oh. Oh. should this have been the start of a massive series? Ooh. Well, if I recall correctly, this this movie is based on two of the ten books. It's based on two of the ten novels. Like, I were they trying to tee it up? Like, we're going to... I think there were four novels already published at the... Mm. Uh, release of this movie. So were they trying to tee it up as like a shopaholic series? Should it have spawned a shopaholic series? I would have, I think I would have liked a, a sequel. I think, I think it could have been, I, I don't know what they would have necessarily done with it, but I would have, I think I would have liked it. The source materials right here. Actually, Sarah, off the top, you said that there are 10 novels. There yes? Are, yes. How familiar are you with them? Not very familiar at okay. all. Well, we're going to play a game. Yeah, actually, that was really dumb of me to say that I don't know what the sequel would be because there's 10 There's books. 10 Never novels, mind. guys. Never mind. We already know what the sequels I are. I take it back. Here's, and, and I'll tell you them, but here's the game. There are 10 novels. Mm-hmm. I'm making up two of them. All right. You ready? So there's Confessions of a Shopaholic. Shopaholic Takes Manhattan. Shopaholic Ties the Knot. Shopaholic and Sister. Shopaholic Anonymous. Shopaholic and Baby. Mini Shopaholic, Shopaholic on Honeymoon, Shopaholic to the Stars, Shopaholic Holiday, Shopaholic to the Rescue, Christmas Shopaholic. <laughs> oh my God, that's so much Shopaholics. So, okay, so the baby one and the sister one is fake. Those are real. No. Both of them are real, oh Sarah. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Okay. Shopaholic and baby, that's a real novel. Wow. Okay, so Shopaholic on Honeymoon? No, that's real too. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Shopaholic. Well, I know Shopaholic Takes Manhattan is real. Yes, this was based off of Confessions and Takes Manhattan. Um, which have two different titles the, depending yes. on where you are in the world. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah. Um, what uh, the rescue one? No, that's okay. that's real. Just tell me, Shopaholic Anonymous. Oh, and Shopaholic Holiday. Wow, which I think would have been Shopaholiday. 
Oh, I like holiday? that. Shop holiday? Well, it's made up. I, I fucking made it up, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, but it sounds so good. Maybe, I, maybe our next novel. But I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of source material here, and they're like, we're just going to do two books, make a, a good movie that's going to get reviewed bad, and we're never going to touch the series ever again. You thought it was reviewed bad? I you, thought it was good, but, like, it, was, it wasn't reviewed nicely. I mean, it's, it's hard when you're doing things on books i find like it's very difficult this, to hit a home run this film also came out alongside it was competing with he's just not that into you it dropped that movie came out the week before this one. Oh yeah no that one would do yeah so yeah. confessions of a shopaholic ended up fourth Oof. opening weekend at the box office still behind he's just not that into you so oh, it no. also it, it came out at a bad time yeah it, did. Yeah, it yeah. was positioned in like not great space to That's do well and it didn't do amazingly but as a rewatch i actually quite enjoyed this i thought it was fun i really liked it and now we are on to rewatchability my rewatchability is chemistry 4.25 storylines of four thirst factors of 3.5 imagination a four would have been higher based off a novel series um soundtracks of 3.5 there are some solid songs in this cheese though gonna pull you down to a 2.5 so that gives you a grand total of 3.62 out of five a pretty good rewatch okay so mine is chemistry 4.35 storyline 3.78 Thirst Factor 4.5, Imagination 4.2, Soundtrack 3.75, Cheese 2.75 for an overall score of 3.8. Wow, we are pretty close on this one. And this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Confessions of a Shopaholic. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, throw us a follow, hit a subscribe button. And if you heard anything on this podcast you want to know more about or you want to talk to us about, we're an open book. DM us on Instagram, at Rom-Com Rewind. Thanks for listening.